0: Finn and this is C Beth run. In this week's episode, I get my first piece of earned media and discuss gerrymandering and how parking affects affordable housing. I also reflect on the fact that there are only 100 days to the midterm election, being on a canvassing action team and Philadelphia ward politics. Here we go again. I can't believe it's already week 8. Hi, I'm Beth Finn and I'm running for Philadelphia City Council at large. Today is Sunday, July 29th, 2018. And it's, uh, oh, it's very late. It's about 11.30 p.m. here in Philadelphia, uh, where I am recording once again. Uh, so let's get right to it. I think I have a lot to cover this week, and I'm going not to try and not to let this go on uh, too long. I do like to try and keep this to maybe 15, 20, 30 minutes at the most, although I don't always do that. But anyway, um, let's get right to it. So the first thing I want to talk about today is that I received my very first piece of earned media, uh, earned publicity. So this is a something that I've learned about um, that uh, earned media is media that you get uh, by getting uh, people to cover you in the news, in the press, um, you know without paying for it. So it's not advertising that you're paying for, um, it's just getting people to write a story about you because you're doing something interesting or newsworthy. And uh, so I guess that me running for city council at large is newsworthy. And so the very first article about my campaign was published this week in City and State PA. This is an online publication that covers politics in the city of Philadelphia and the state of Pennsylvania. And uh, so the reporter was named Ryan Briggs and he called me and we had a, a conversation about why I'm running, and he wrote an article that I think is a really great article uh, about my campaign and the, the fact that I'm running. So uh, that uh, was really exciting, and, um, and it's gotten some pretty good traction, and a lot of people have commented on it and shared it, and, and um, yeah, so I've gotten uh, my first piece of earned media. Uh, which is yet another thing I've had to learn about (laughs) in this uh, endeavor of campaigning. Uh, So yeah, that is great. Uh, You know, I did have to take to heart the um, old adage of don't read the comment section. Uh, So (laughs) I, uh, I tried very hard not to do that. But actually, on the post on City and State, there were, well, when I first looked, there were two comments. There could be more now, but I haven't looked again and I'm not going to. Uh, there were two comments, and both of them were a little bit critical of uh, you know, uh, of me. And uh, well, I don't think they were of me specifically. They were more of people running for office in general. Uh, and of course, the people who wrote those comments don't know me. And um, so they were kind of uh, dumping me in a bucket with everybody else that they know uh, as a politician. And um, well, I've said it many times, and I'll say it again. I'm not a politician. I don't want to be a politician. I'm running because I um, see the need for change in the way our system works. And uh, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to be in politics, but right now I think I have to be. So uh, I, I'm going to ignore the comments in the comments section on the article and I'm going to focus on how great that earned media was for me. I really, um, I really thought that um, it was a great article and I appreciated it. So uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. You can read it if you haven't already. But um, yeah, yay for that. Um, So uh, let's see. Uh, The other thing that's been gaining a lot of traction this week so far is my podcast. Uh, I've had a number of people come up to me and say, oh, I listened to the first episode or I listened to a couple episodes or even I listened to all of the episodes that are out right now. Uh, There are four episodes that are published, so they've listened to all four of them, and they've given me great feedback on it. Um, You know, they're telling me that they're enjoying it. They're telling me that they're learning things, and um, that's what I want. So I'm so glad to hear that. Um, And, uh, you know, even uh, my parents are listening to the podcast. Uh, Well, my mom is. I I don't know if my dad's listened yet, but I think he will. Uh, I'm sure he will. Um, and, and actually, speaking of my parents, I know a couple weeks ago I, I talked about um, how it was taking them a little longer to come around than I would have liked. And um, I want to follow that up by saying I think that they are finally starting to, um, to, to get on board. And to, um, I, I'm feeling like my safety net that I talked about in that episode, um, the threads of it are, are stronger again. And um, I think it's a combination of things. I think actually them listening to the podcast has helped. I think they're really starting to understand um, why I'm doing this and why it's so important that I do it. Um, And I think also they've had more time to um, hear other people react to me running and how encouraging and how excited everybody else is about it. And I think that's helped them see that I'm not, um, I'm not going this alone, and they do have a lot of really good support. Um, and so, of course, there will still be detractors and naysayers out there, but they know that uh, that I'm not alone, and I, um, and maybe you know, even if those bad things do get said about me, or negative things do get said about me. Uh, I won't be fighting that battle by myself. Um, so I feel like maybe they're starting to come around some, and I, um, I'm really glad about that. I'm feeling, feeling much better about my safety net again. Uh, so that's good, too. I think in general this has been a really good week. <laughs> so, um, um, so that's related to the podcast sort of peripherally. Um, And then there's actually a third piece about the podcast this week. I have been, um, uh, you know, I have an intro song on the podcast that uh, I think I talked about this when I first debuted the podcast that, um, you know, I found a piece of music to use in the intro um, that I like, um, but it's, uh, you know, sort of a generic piece of music that I bought from... Uh, I bought a license for from, a, you know, a website that has lots of um, music available for that purpose. and um, But I really wanted something that was a little more personalized and a little more custom to me. And so I don't know if I've mentioned this um, previously, but I started in November taking piano lessons. I had never taken piano lessons before, but, um, but I decided I wanted to, and I happened to know... Um, somebody from the brain tumor community who um, is a musician and lives in the city and he teaches piano. His name is Avi Wisnia. And so I reached out to him to see if he would uh, teach piano to me and he agreed. So every week I go and he teaches me piano and I'm, I'm learning it. So I, I'm really enjoying it. It uses a different part of my brain than um, anything else I do does and it's kind of a really nice, uh, I practice before I go to bed, and so it's a nice way to transition from the craziness of the day to getting ready to go to sleep and, um, you know, rest and recover from the craziness of the day. Um, but anyway, um, so, uh, when I first decided to launch this as a podcast, I, um, Uh, And uh, I knew I wanted some music, and I went and found that piece that I've been using in the first few episodes. Um, And but but I I really wanted something custom, and so I asked Avi if he would write something for me. And um, so so he he has agreed, and he's going to do that. But in the meantime, um, he had he picked out a couple of his songs, and he has instrumental versions of them. And so we listened to them tonight, and. Uh, I think I know which one I'm going to use uh, for now, until um, until I get my very own personal theme song. I guess it is. Then he's going to write for me. So um, so uh, actually, uh, the next episode that I need to produce is episode five. So uh, you probably have already been hearing this music for uh, a few episodes now. But um, but um, but to, tonight is the night where we, we uh, figured it out, and um, I'm so I'm so excited. Um, I think he's such a great musician, and um, I'll put a link to his website in the show notes so you can check him out, too. Uh, he writes some really great music, and uh, and he's a local Philadelphian, and, uh, yeah, so check out Avi, and, uh, well, you've already heard the music because it's the intro. It'll be the intro on this, this podcast and the last few episodes, too. Um... Okay. So let's see. Uh, Next thing I want to talk about uh, that happened this week. Um, So I, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about an organization called Moving Philly Forward, and they are hosting a series of events over the summer called Cocktails with the Candidates. So their second one in the series, there's three total. The second one was this past week. And so this time they featured uh, Kristen Seal, who's running for state rep in the 168th district. Uh, in Pennsylvania, and they also featured Jennifer O'Mara, who is running for state rep in the 165th district. Um, I think both of those are in Chester County. And then the third candidate they had was uh, Mary Gay Scanlon, who is running for U.S. Congress in Pennsylvania 05, and um, that's the new Pennsylvania 5. Um, so I think I've mentioned before about how gerrymandered uh, the state of Pennsylvania is. Uh, it's a little bit less now, and I'm going to talk about why in a few minutes. But um, um, so, so gerrymandering. In case you don't know, and I, I would I would guess that most people listening to this podcast. Do understand gerryman- do understand what gerrymandering is. but it's kind of a complicated topic, and so I want to talk a little bit about it. And by the way, if you want to know more about gerrymandering and why it's bad and why we should eliminate it and why it really disenfranchises voters, and um, uh, you should check out an organization called Fair Districts PA. They are, um, they are a nonprofit nonpartisan organization whose sole mission is to um, make sure that the districts that are drawn in Pennsylvania uh, are fair and not gerrymandered. So g- gerrymandered means um, that a district has been drawn in a way that's not compact and maybe doesn't follow the geography of the area, um, and, um, and they're, they're drawn that way. Uh, And it means that the politicians are picking their voters rather than the voters picking their elected officials, which is not how it's supposed to be, right? The voters are supposed to choose their representatives. Um, But when uh, the districts are drawn uh, by politicians, they uh, usually end up gerrymandering them. And this is uh, something that happens on both sides of the aisles. Both parties are guilty of doing this. Uh, It's not a Republican or a Democratic issue. It's both. Um so uh so when when this happens um it really means that the politicians drawing the districts may be carving out very specific blocks and even houses to make up their district to make sure that their seat is safe and they will you know be reelected easily and that is not the way that um our elections are meant to be that doesn't make them fair and it means that um, certain voters' voices get um, less of a say because their district is drawn so, uh, in such an unbalanced way. So um, gerrymandering is bad. And Pennsylvania uh, is arguably, but, uh, but probably, one of the most gerrymandered states in the country. Now, uh, before this year's primary election in May, and not that far before, um, Uh, the Supreme Court of the State of Pennsylvania ruled that our districts were so gerrymandered for our US congressional districts that it violated the state constitution uh, because the state constitution says that we must have uh, districts that are uh, evenly distributed and compact and things like that Um, and so this the state Supreme Court said the way the districts were currently drawn uh, is not is unconstitutional and that they had to be redrawn they gave a very tight deadline for it to be done um, and the legislature did not come up with a map that the supreme court uh... felt was was better uh... and so it ended up uh... being that I, I believe the the map that is in use now was drawn by uh... The, by the supreme court and it was um, and it was adopted and it is what we are now going to use for our U.S. congressional districts going forward. So, um, so for example, I can talk about Philadelphia. Philadelphia used to have uh, three different U.S. congressional districts in it. So depending where you lived in Philadelphia, you were represented by one of three different U.S. congressmen. Now, because we're all one city and one county, that, that really doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, we really should have one or at most two uh, US congressmen representing us based on the population of the city that factors into it as well because we want um, each congressman or woman to represent an equal number of constituents um, so um, so because the population is so dense in Philadelphia you know that means we would have more than one um, Uh, representative which is fine but the way the districts were drawn uh, you know there were little pieces of Philadelphia carved out and chunked in together with pieces of Chester County or Delaware County or Montgomery County Um, and so so they the the districts just they weren't fair Um, the new districts there are there are now two districts that uh, cover Pennsylvania but the the district where I lived it used to be Pennsylvania one um, and it, uh, it was the seat that's been held by um, Congressman Bob Brady for a long time. And then um, Bob Brady, before all of this redistricting happened, did announce that he was going to retire. Uh, so uh, there was going to be a whole new uh, congressman there anyway. But basically the district that, that he uh, represented after the redistricting, after the new maps were drawn, doesn't exist anymore. So Philadelphia now has two districts in it. It's uh, Pennsylvania 2 and Pennsylvania 3, and um, those are seats that are currently held by uh, Congressman Dwight Evans in Pennsylvania 3, which is where I am now, and by Congressman Brendan Boyle in Pennsylvania 2, which is the other half of Philadelphia now. Um, So the new districts are much more fair and much more compact, Um, and And really follow the municipality lines like they're supposed to so they tried to keep whole counties together and things where they could and things like that Um, so uh, Anyway, the point of all this is that um, There are now a number of congressional districts that don't have an incumbent because they're they're really brand new districts based on 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 the new lines so um, so I think that really gives an opportunity for some of those seats to to be flipped. Um, Well, or some of those seats to be represented by Democrats. And um, so back to the Moving Philly Forward event, Mary Gay Scanlon is the new um, representative in, uh, or the new candidate, uh, Democratic candidate in the new Pennsylvania 5th congressional district. and so she had a very interesting primary. There were originally, I think, 16 candidates running um, for that Democratic seat. And by the time the primary rolled around, there were still 10 in the race. So, um, so that shows you how much interest there was in the seat. Um, Mary Gay Scanlon came out on top. She is now the Democratic candidate for that seat. And, um, and hopefully she's going to win it. And uh, so she was the third candidate that spoke at the Moving Philly Forward event. Um, And I should mention, there are some other organizations involved with with that. Um, Swing Left, um, which is a a national organization um, focused on flipping uh, seats from uh, red to blue in in districts that they think are flippable in swing districts. Um, They also co-sponsored the event, and there's an organization called Turn PA Blue, um, that has a very similar uh, focus as Swing Left, except they're focused on Pennsylvania only. Um, so the, all of those organizations were re- there representing um, and, and sponsoring the, the event. And it was once again a great event. Um, Kristen and Jennifer and Mary Gay all had great things to say about how we can help them make sure they win their election bids. And... Um, You know, the way we do it is by contributing to their campaigns and by knocking on doors for them. Uh, I talk, I think, probably every week about how I'm knocking on doors. And uh, all three of them are candidates that I are on my list to knock doors for. So um, I I encourage you to do it too. And once again, if you are nervous about canvassing and you want a buddy to go with you, I am happy to take anybody who wants to, uh, to go canvassing. If you want to do it in the city, if you want to do it in the suburbs, I will canvass anywhere for anyone, uh, with anyone, because that's how important it is to me that we get out the vote and that we, uh, f- that we get these uh, progressive Democrats elected. We've just got to do it. Um, this November is more important than ever. And, uh, so uh, let me know if you want to come knock doors with me. I uh, I love the company, and um, we're we're making a difference for democracy when we do it. Uh, I'm going to talk more about knocking doors in a minute, but um, but I did want to talk about that event. Uh, it was another great event, and I um, I was really glad to to hear from Kristen and Jennifer and Mary Gay. So I hope you'll support their campaigns too. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, okay, so the uh, some other things that are happening, I think partially because of the podcast and partially because of the article in City and State um, that was then picked up by a couple of other news outlets. Um, so some of my coworkers at my day job are starting to hear that I'm running. And of course, I have already confirmed with my employer that, you know, I've already let them know that that this is happening um, you know, cause I don't want there to be any kind of conflicts of interests or anything like that. But, um, but you know, the people that I actually work with on a day to day basis, I, you know, I'm, I haven't, you know, made a big announcement or anything like that at work. So, um, so one of them, uh, sent me a note the other day and he said, Hey, I, uh, I saw that you're running for city council and I'd love to talk to you about that. So, uh, I went out to lunch with him on, um, on Friday, uh, you know, because we needed to not be on work time, because I had to, I got to do my day job at my day job. But anyway, uh, we went out to lunch, and so it turns out uh, that he's actually a committee person in his ward. He's in the 60th ward, which is in West Philadelphia, and um, so he's a committee person, and so obviously he's very interested in the uh, who's running for what in the city, and um, and he's also very interested in urban planning. Uh, which is um, maybe an area that I need to gain some more knowledge in. So, uh, and the thing that I think surprised me the most is we sat down at lunch and he said, I listened to your podcast. And I said, oh, oh, you listened to the first episode? He said, no, I listened to all of them. I was so humbled that he had spent the time to listen to them all. And I mean, everyone who tells me that they've listened to it, uh, it just it floors me, right? Because I'm recording them, and I, and I'm I'm enjoying recording them, but it still um, catches me off guard and makes me so happy when I find out that people are actually listening to it. So I think uh, that's great. I, I love that people are listening to it. Um, I you know, anchor tells me. Every week, the statistics, like how many people have listened. And it has not been, you know, it's only been a few so far because it's so new. And I really think that all of the listens are me listening to it. But because um, sometimes I have to go back and listen to an episode to, um, you know, if I'm writing. Um, if I'm writing a, a post about it or something, I want to hear what I said. So I think I really assumed that all the listens were me, but it turns out there are some other people listening. So thank you, listeners. I'm so glad that you are. And um, I, I, it really floors me to hear about it because um, I, I'm just, I'm so humbled that people are interested in what I have to say. Um, so thank you. Um, but anyway, uh, so Chris and I, uh, my colleague, had a great conversation about, um, you know, about what what he thinks uh, needs to be done in the city, and some some really interesting things that we could do. He has a lot of good insight about um, you know about how we could better uh, utilize the, the city, the money that the city raises through taxes and other revenue, and, um, and you know and how we can make the city a better place, especially for lower income residents, right? Um, we we t- this was very interesting to me. I don't um, I don't know a lot about parking density and things like that. But we were talking about um, how um, we talked a lot about th- these things. But one thing that really stuck with me is, is that um, y- you know we have part of the city ordinances have these mandatory minimums for parking when you're building. Uh, residential areas in the city. And one of the things that does is really makes that housing unaffordable for lower income people Um, and uh, lower income people who, who maybe don't have cars, right? There are plenty of people in the city of Philadelphia who do not have cars and don't drive and maybe don't even have driver's licenses. And they don't need to have a car in the city because uh, we do have public transit and though it doesn't always operate efficiently or on time for them There is public transit available uh, In many neighborhoods. It's it's not not hard to get around um, although um, Although there's always room for improvement, but requiring these mandatory minimums for parking means that um, That the density of the housing is not as big not as good, and so the housing becomes more expensive, and um, and uh, and then um, uh, and so so lower income people can't afford to move into these new houses, um, or these new residences. They might not be houses, they could be apartments, they could be you know, condos, they could be townhouses, row homes, whatever. Um, but but because uh, there's so many parking spaces that are required, um. There's a lower density of the housing, um, which is a problem in a city, right? If the point of the city is to have, you know, have a increased density, then we're doing a disservice by this. So, so this is, I think, this is the kind of ordinance that has been on the books for a really long time, and and maybe we should examine it, and maybe we should look at it and see if it's really serving the city the way we think it is. Um, you know, I think I have a lot more research to do on that topic. But it was a, it's a subject area that I, I just knew nothing about before. And so now I have another thing to learn about. Um, so thank you for that uh, conversation. And um, um, we talked about a lot of other things, too. Um, but, but yeah, but that one really stuck with me. So very interesting stuff. Um, and I think it's also just interesting. Uh, again, I talked a couple weeks ago, I think, about my, my worlds colliding. And so now my... Professional world is starting to uh, starting to overlap with um, this new world of politics that I'm getting into, and um, I got to do a little bit of thought, a careful thought about how how that's going to work out too. Um, but uh, you know, it is what it is. So we'll get there. Um, okay. So the the last thing I think I want to talk about today, uh, I think I think it would not be. Uh, a week, uh, a normal week for me if I didn't talk about canvassing. So <laughs> I'm going to talk about canvassing. So uh, this weekend actually marked 100 days out from the November election. And um, you know, it's getting close. 100 days is not that many. It's just over three months. And uh, I, it might sound like a lot, but it's really not. That time is going to go by before we know it. And so uh, once again, I knocked doors this weekend. I stayed in the city uh, this time, and um, I realized that I am on track to knock probably well over a 1,000 doors by the time November rolls around, uh, but, but a 1,000 doors. I am actually uh, well over halfway to that point at, uh, right now, and so I think I might start to do a little countdown to uh, my 1,000th door knocked, um, and I don't know, maybe there'll be confetti and balloons or something. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta, gotta figure out how that works. But um, but uh, I did I did knock doors again. And when um when I was wrapping up my door knocking, um, I have a friend who I met back uh, in the twenty sixteen election. Um, we were both volunteers then for the Democratic Party and canvassers. And um, so uh, his name is Greg. And uh, so he was uh, starting his uh, canvassing shift as I was finishing mine. So. Uh, we met up um, we met up uh, as we were we were sort of ships passing in the night but uh, we met up as I was finishing and he was starting and um, so the field organizer that we work with is named Terry and so Terry uh, is making us an action team because I guess we are both uh, superstar volunteers for him and uh, you know we're both trying to get out every weekend to, to knock doors whenever we can and um, so we will uh, we will uh, we will be an action team, and I don't know exactly what that means quite yet, but I will find out, and I will keep you guys posted as I learn more. But um, uh, so Greg and I are, are going to go canvassing together next weekend. We've already made plans, um, and I think we might uh, to to try and encourage more people to come with us. I think we might be planning a post-canvas brunch, and uh, so that should be fun, because uh, you know once you knock doors for democracy, you should celebrate <laughs> that you did something good for the universe. Um, so, uh, so we're going to do that, um, and, uh, you know, it was interesting because I actually got to canvass my, my own neighborhood, my, um, my, by building actually, and all of the, the streets, the blocks around my neighborhood, and it's pretty rare that you get to do that, um, because, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of, a lot of neighborhoods to be canvassed in the, in the region, and uh so it was a kind of a good coincidence that I that I got my own neighborhood that was really fun uh well because I know those streets really well so but even so I learned some new little uh streets uh that I that I hadn't been down before um and I did get to canvas my favorite I think it's my favorite block in Old City I just think it's really beautiful really pretty Uh, it's the 500 block of Delancey Street and um I don't know why it's so pretty, but almost all the houses there have an American flag hanging, um, you know, hanging on them, and uh, it's just, it's beautifully landscaped, and it's a cobblestone street, so I don't know why, but I've always really loved that block, so I was glad I got to canvass it and talk to some of the voters there. Um, but as I was talking to them, so, you know, when we're can- when I'm canvassing in the city, it's really a get out the vote for the reelection of um, Governor Wolf and Senator Casey. Um, who are both up for re-election this fall. And uh, it's so important that we re-elect Governor Wolf uh, because uh, this comes back to the gerrymandering I was talking about before. So the state uh, Supreme Court uh, redrew the maps for our U.S. congressional districts, but they did not redraw the maps for our state uh, representatives and our state senators. And I think, um, I mean, those uh, districts are still very, very gerrymandered. Um, our legislature is um, overwhelmingly Republican right now, uh, even though the voter registration uh, balance in the state actually leans towards the Democrats. Um, but they're, they're almost a supermajority jo- super of Republicans. So a supermajority means that um, that one party has enough votes to overturn a veto by the governor, um, and so that's that's highly unbalanced. I I uh, I'd have I have to look it up. I I think it's a two-thirds majority um, to have a supermajority. Um, so I'd have to look it up in the state constitution, but I, that's what I believe it is, um, and so so when when the legislature is two thirds Republican, but the v- registration of the voters is uh, a higher percentage Democrats, to me, that shows that something is out of whack, right? and it is because of our gerrymandered districts and because they have been drawn in such a way that um, that the uh, representatives are selecting their voters rather than their voters selecting their representatives so um, that is, uh, that's a real problem. Um, but anyway, I'm getting off course here. So, so w- <laughs> we, it's important to re-elect Governor Wolf uh, because, uh, because of that veto, right? Because of the veto that the governor has over bills that the pass- legislature passes, um, it, it's very important. Um, our our state legislature has tried to pass some really terrible bills, especially uh, with regards to uh, w- women's reproductive rights um, and uh, things like that. Uh, they have passed some some terrible terrible bills, and fortunately, Governor Wolf has been able to veto them so that um, you know we don't have those things going on in our state. Um, but uh, uh, if we don't have Governor Wolf there, if we have a Republican governor, then those things are going to go through easily. And, um, and I, I am concerned for the safety of our people if that happens. Um, you know, I think that we will take uh, many steps backwards. Uh, you know, we'll go back more than 50 years, probably 100 years in, in our progress uh, if that happens. So super important to reelect Governor Wolf. And um, then the uh, the other uh, Democrat up for re-election statewide is Senator Casey, and um, you know I have talked many times about how important it is to not only uh, preserve the Democrats that we have in the Senate, the U.S. Senate right now, but also to flip uh, some seats. So we can't afford to lose uh, Senator Casey as a Democrat. So we've got to get him re-elected also. Um, so so when I'm knocking doors in Philadelphia, we first ask voters if they're planning to support um, Governor Wolf and Senator Casey in their re-election bids. But then we also want to talk to them about the down-ballot uh, candidates. So um, in uh, in my neighborhood, um, it's our uh, state uh, state house representative, um, and, um, and it's also our U.S. Congress representative. And um, we are our our state senator is not up for re-election this year. Um, that's in another two years, so we don't we don't have to ask about that. But um, but we do talk about uh, Dwight Evans, who will be who will be the um, U.S. Congressman from uh, Pennsylvania three, and um, and then our our state representative, our state House representative. I live in the 175th district, and so um, for the last. Uh, I'm not sure how many years, 12 or more years maybe, um, our state representative has been uh, Mike O'Brien. And um, Mike's, Mike's done a great job, and he, um, you know, he's been our state rep. And, um, and he, uh, you know, in the primary, he did have a challenger, uh, but he won. And so he's on the ballot as our, as our Democratic candidate. Um, and uh, so unfortunately, he decided last week That he was going to withdraw his name from the ballot uh, because of health reasons and I can understand that right he um, um, he's decided that it's it's, you can't run anymore and so he's withdrawn his name now the the state party rules say that the uh, the ward leaders uh, so the way Philadelphia is set up the state party is divided into counties and then the counties, and I'm not sure if every county works this way, or if, um, but, but this is how Philadelphia County works anyway. Um, Philadelphia County is split into wards, and there are 66 wards in Philadelphia, um, and they're roughly evenly distributed uh, across the city. And, um, and then each of those wards has a variable number of precincts in it. So, um, um, and each precinct is represented by two committee people. Um, so, uh, in May, we elected our committee people for a term of four years, and then those committee people, in turn, uh, elect a ward leader. And so, the 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 state the bylaws of the party in the state say that if a candidate withdraws their name from a ballot uh, from the ballot, then the ward leaders will select the replacement, and they have 30 days to do it. Um, and then that has to be ratified by the state, um, by the state, the the statewide party, and all of that. So there's some other stuff that has to happen. But but they have 30 days to do it. And so it turns out that um, when Mike O'Brien decided to withdraw his name, um, the, there there were five ward leaders involved. So so. The 175th District has parts of five wards in them, including my ward, which is the fifth ward. And um, all of the fifth ward is contained in the 175th and then parts of some other wards. <clears throat> and so, um, so my ward leader, who is named uh, Mike Boyle, um, he said almost immediately that he was going to nominate Mary Isaacson, who is Mike O'Brien's chief of staff, to be the replacement on the ballot. And um, so I'll be honest, I have not met Mary Isaacson, but from what I hear, she's quite capable um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and qualified. And she certainly knows Harrisburg. She's, she's been um, the chief of staff for Mike O'Brien for quite a, quite a long time. It's confusing because there's a lot of Mikes. But, um, but um, so, so I, I think she's quite capable um, and, uh, and will probably be a good state Representative, but what happened was the my ward leader said uh, that they were going to they were going to have the vote within five days, and they weren't going to um, really give any time for any other people to step forward to say that they were interested, and um, and uh, though it's questionable, not all of the committee people were polled um, to see what they thought about it. Now technically, the ward leaders don't need to poll the committee people they can they can just vote amongst themselves and um, and make the decision. But uh, my ward and a number of the other wards have committed to being open wards, meaning they will be transparent in their processes. they will um, uh, and and they will follow democratic practices. And but what happened with this vote is that um, they they had the vote within five days. Uh, and they didn't poll all of the committee people, let alone the residents of the district, which I understand because there are so many residents that uh, you know I think the the committee people are an appropriate surrogate. We did vote for the committee people. and um but instead, they held this vote uh, in a very kind of hushed way uh, in a very quick manner. and um and and Mary was nominated. And I don't have a problem with Mary herself. My concern is with the way the process was followed. Uh, or the was carried out. Um, the argument is that you know we need the time to send the decision on to the state party to have them ratify it. but, but the bylaws give us 30 days, and we uh, made this decision within five days, and I think we could have allowed at least a little bit of extra time for other candidates to put their, put themselves forward um, or something like that. So I, I'm still, I'm still a little frustrated with the politics as usual that happened there. Um, But uh, anyway, um, all of this is to say, when I was talking to voters this weekend, it was very difficult uh, to talk to them about our new state House representative because because it's in limbo right now, really, right? Mike O'Brien has withdrawn from from the ballot and Mary Isaacson has not yet been placed on the ballot so that made for a few interesting conversations but um uh but anyway uh it was still a good day canvassing and I you know I went earlier in the day than I usually go so I think Saturday mornings are a good time to go there are more people who are home than (laughs) later in the day um so yeah I'll probably do that again um Okay, so uh, I think that's everything for for this uh, for this week, and I do want to tell you my three things that brought me joy because uh, that's important. Um, so the first is definitely that city and state article. Um, as soon as I read it, I just couldn't stop grinning. I really thought that um, it it captured why I'm running quite well, and I thought it said some very nice things about me. So, that article definitely brought me joy. And then, of course, the traction that it's, got, it's gotten has only enhanced that joy. Um, so the second thing that brought me joy is that um, I met a, well, I, I met again a woman on Thursday at the Moving Philly Forward event um, who said that she had listened to the first episode of my podcast, and that it had made her cry. And so I'm not happy that it made her cry, but uh, I said to her, well, it made me cry too. And she said, yeah, that's why I cried. <laughs> and I said, well, spoiler alert, I cry in the second episode also. But anyway, um, it just really made me, I think she was the first person to say to me that she had listened to the podcast. And um, so that really, like, I don't know, that really warmed my heart. And I was really, um, really happy that to, to learn that people were listening. Um, and then the third thing that brought me joy is that I got a donation that was completely unsolicited from somebody I've never met who I don't know who she is. So, um, uh, that I guess, I mean, I guess she read about me in the city and state article, or maybe she found the podcast somewhere. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, that, um, that was really exciting when I saw that come in. Uh, and I said, I don't know this person at all. And she has made a donation to me. So, um, I guess there are people beyond my friends and family who, uh, like what I have to say and think that I can make a difference. And that, um, well, that absolutely brought me joy this week. Uh, so I'm going to wrap it up for now. I was trying to keep this shorter, but I don't think I achieved that, (laughs) but I appreciate you all listening and I hope you have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening to See Beth Run special thanks to local singer-songwriter Avi Wisnia, who graciously provides the music for this podcast. I'm Beth Finn, first-time candidate for Philadelphia City Council at Large. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to leave a review and check me out online at www.beth4phl.com and on social media at Beth4PHL. That's Beth4PHL. number See you next time.